Hello everyone, welcome to Live on Blair. I am back this week with a very exciting episode and a great guest ahead. But before we get started, I want to do a little listener shout out. Blair Bry is someone who has reached out to me multiple times about how much she enjoys my podcast and I just want to give her a little shout out. If you want to be featured on a shout out for episodes to come, make sure you subscribe and leave a review on my podcast for your chance to be featured. And I promise you, I'm not just picking Blair Bry because we have the same name and same initials. I do genuinely appreciate the effort that she has taken to tell me how much she has enjoyed my podcast and told me how some of my guests have been very inspirational to her. So Blair, if you're listening, thank you so much for all of your support and you're my listener shout out for the week. Next thing that I'm going to get into is one of my favorite tweets I've seen this week. Gia Peppers, big fan of hers, but earlier last week she tweeted, trust yourself, trust your vision, trust your ideas, trust your voice, trust your gifts, trust the plan. And I couldn't relate to that even more. I had to read over that multiple times and I think it is so important. You got to believe in yourself. You have to trust in your capabilities and what you can do and bet on yourself. And that's what I got from that tweet. So thank you, Gia, for putting out some words of encouragement for everyone to hear. Another thing I'm going to give you guys tip of the week, and it's not necessarily in the workspace. This one is going to be for your mental. Remember to be kind to yourself. Um, Take care of yourself. If you need a mental break, take it. You know, we all get burnt out and worn out in what we're doing and sometimes get caught up in the moment. But sometimes just take that step back and, you know, like I said, be kind to yourself. Give yourself a facial. Give yourself your own at-home manicure or pedicure. Maybe take a nap. Um, do a little eye mask. Maybe do a deep conditioner, you know. Just spice it up a little bit. Be kind to yourself and love yourself remind yourself that you know you got to take care of yourself in order to excel in your life and to just feel good about yourself now i'm really like i said earlier i am really excited for today's guest today i am welcoming in sydney sims she will be hopping on the pod sydney is currently working with notre dame athletics as the associate director of social media and student athlete branding she's also an on-air talent prior to joining notre dame she worked for navy athletics as a recruiting coordinator and on-air talent sydney received her bachelor's degree from youngstown state university double majoring in broadcast journalism and telecommunication studies Upon graduation, she began working for the University of Pittsburgh, overseeing interviews, shooting and editing video, and creating content for the athletic department through their website and social media accounts. After about two years with Pitt, she decided to go back to school and take classes at the University of Wyoming in communication and media studies, while also serving as an on-air graduate assistant. Now that you know a little bit about Sydney's background, let's get to know her more than just what you see on paper.
Hey everyone, welcome to the Live on Blair podcast. I am here with Sydney Sims. Sydney, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm good, you know, can't complain. Getting ready for the Super Bowl coming up this weekend, so it's an exciting time. That is so awesome. You know my team, my diehard team, the Kansas City Chiefs are in the Super Bowl, <laughs> so I am excited. I was going to say, how excited are you and hoping for them to run it back again this year? Oh, hashtag run it back. <laughs> I hope <you> do it. <laughs> we, have a, we have a really, really good squad, but you can't deny the Bucks defense and Tom Brady. Like, you just can't. That coaching staff is awesome, but it's going to be a good game. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited for the matchup. Like Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, that's just that's just box office right there. So I I can't wait to see what the matchup is going to be like. Um you said you're a diehard Chiefs fan. So what was it like last year, you know, during this time of year? Obviously, like the Chiefs had been in a drought for a little bit and then they just kind of came came in with a vengeance last season and won the Super Bowl. So how are you feeling this time last year? Oh, I was so nervous. You grow <laughs> up. I, I was born in Kansas City, like, have ties to the Chiefs. So, like, it's always one of those where it's like you get to the playoffs, they either just make it or they get out as a wild card. And to actually go through, and it was such a, like, good game, and it mm-hmm. got down to the wire. And it just, to see the city finally get that Super Bowl and get that big win it just was awesome and now I think we're like we've done it once we can do it twice but now we have a little swagger under our belt so um yeah last year I was very superstitious I had like this jacket on and we were losing and I was like I have to take this jacket off and we started winning and <laughs> <laughs> little silly stuff like that so I like have not worn that jacket since it sits in my it sits in my closet. Sits but, in the um, closet, hanging up. <laughs> hanging up, and it's super it's like retro and like old school from the nineties. Wish I could wear it, but you know, <laughs> gotta gotta keep the teeth at my. <laughs> better better luck wearing it in the off season, you know. So I take it you will not be wearing it come Sunday. I will not. Actually, it's funny you say that. I've been like looking in my closet. I'm like, what should I wear? I have a couple hoodies, but I'm like, I wish they were more cute. Like, I wish I had more cute, like, chief stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a little too late for me to order something, but I'll figure it out. I have faith in you. Yeah, I think you'll definitely figure it out. Um, <laughs> my, my dog is set, though. She has her chief's gear. <laughs> that's all that matters. As long as the dog on drip is perfect, like, that's all that matters. Oh, yeah. Viva will be ready to play <laughs> for the Super Bowl. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, Sydney. So tell me a little bit about what all your job entails. Yeah, so my job title is Associate Director of Student Athlete Branding and Social Media with Notre Dame football team. I also do like some on air for the team and the athletic department. So what that entails is I work really close with the coaching staff and the student athletes just to come up with the overall Notre Dame football brand, what Coach Kelly's message is and what he wants portrayed on social media. Um, what the coaches or what the players, um, what they want their like feel and vibe to be last year. We're a big gritty team. We mm-hmm. love the word grit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what we wanted to portray. Um, also the brotherhood of Notre Dame. Um, FTB is what they call it for the brotherhood. So 
that was really big. And then I also work with the student athletes, our football players, one-on-one to help build their brand beyond what they do on the football field. So if you want to be a doctor, if you want to be in the NFL, if you want to be a lawyer, like my job is to help you come up with a social media strategy that is going to attract those different markets. So when you're applying for med school, when you're entering the combine or the draft, uh, if you're applying for law school, what's going to make you marketable for those different markets? No, that's so awesome. I think that's really, I think that's really important, you know, helping student athletes figure out how to brand themselves. Cause I, I feel like, you know, you don't really think about it as much when you're in college or even in high school, you know, what you're posting on social media and these athletes who could eventually go on to the professional level, but even if they don't, you know, even into their just professional careers or whatever they end up doing, it's so important to just have some kind of idea and strategy with how they're branding themselves. Um, What are some ways that you try to educate them on that? Yeah, I think like what you said, the big part is education. So letting them know right now, a big battle is copyright music. Mm. Um, Letting them know, like, if you use a copyright music for your highlight, it might not get flagged right away. It might take a time. But when you need your social media the most is when it's going to get shut down. So don't do it. Is that Drake song? Is that little baby song really worth getting all your hard work shut down for having your full name in your bio, like little things like that, that people don't really think about being mindful of what you retweet, what you like, even though it's not your words, when you like it or retweet it, it's an endorsement by you. And just, you know, dealing with trolls and stuff like that, like little things that are small, but are very impactful because people are keeping an eye and people are trying to look for any little thing that mm-hmm. they can do to talk about someone's brand or to throw it up. I mean, we've all watched the NFL draft and we've seen people lose out on millions and millions of dollars oh, yeah. because something on their social media comes back to haunt them or, you know, and I just don't want that for any of my guys. So just trying to give them that education point and just whenever you do something on social media, do it with intent, do it with intent. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it is, it's crucial. And I, I love that Notre Dame is, you know, putting has that thought process and has has a role specifically for that because it is it is so important to just educate these athletes on what they're putting out there um another thing that you do with Notre Dame you said you you do some on-air talent and by looking at you know your past experience it seems like you've got a lot of that under your belt do you ever you know go back and look at your old stand-ups or anything and see how far you've come Yes. Oh my goodness. I look for when I first did my stand. <laughs> I look at when I first did my stand up to now and it's just night and day. And I think, oh my goodness. Um, it's been a lot of growth. <laughs> Which is what's important. <laughs> like, yes, that's the most important part is growth. And I look at like the person who I was coming out of college or in college and the lack of confidence and the lack of just trying to figure it out versus now. And it just makes a world of a difference. And like knowing, knowing criticism is, you know, I, I embrace criticism Mm -hmm. and makes you better constructive criticism. I should say Mm -hmm. it makes you better. Um, 
and like yeah I, I welcome all of that but looking and I sometimes I watch it just to see you know how far you've come mm-hmm. <laughs> how far you can go there's always root like room for improvement but yeah like if you need a good laugh just I look back <laughs> at the stuff I did in college and I'm like whoo child the outfit the hair <laughs> just staring at the prompter super awkwardly like goodness <laughs> I will say I will say I feel like the one place you will see growth in yourself is like if you do on-air work because I will even look at I don't even do as many reps as I used to but I will look back at my old stuff like from college and it's just cringeworthy it's like why like you said the outfits the hair why did I wear this why did I do my hair like this why is my makeup that way? Why didn't someone yeah. tell me this, this, and this? So it's definitely um, a growing experience, I will say. But what's even more interesting about it, what I would notice is like looking at stand-ups from not even years back, but months previously, like three or four months, whatever, you can see so much change in just a short amount of time, which is what's so interesting to me. I agree. Like you said, even in a short period of time, I know doing stuff in the beginning of camp Mm -hmm. with, you know, everyone was trying to figure out the six feet apart or how can you do interviews versus like the end of the season, once we got to a rhythm, Mm -hmm. it became, you can see the growth. And I've even had people tell me in our department called Fighting Irish Media, FIM, like, seeing your first interview versus your last like it's like night and day and Mm -hmm. so it just makes me happy like you're constantly progressing and there's always room for improvement but yeah like that (laughs) 2012 Sydney was different (laughs) but you can learn you can learn to appreciate 2012 Sydney for who you are now exactly (laughs) I appreciate it I love it and I'm like it made me who I am but yeah no I look back at it and I'm like oh girl you got a long way to go our way to go wear polka dots on a, on a chroma key oh no <laughs> we learn from our mistakes we learn yes um you touched on it a little bit about the social distancing but what was it like coming into this season like literally in the middle of a pandemic and this really being your first full season with notre dame it was crazy. Like, my first day was my last day, kid you not, in the office. I started oh March 16th. Yeah, the day that, like, the world shut down, March 16th, I we had a meeting, and they gave me my computer monitor, my cell phone, and a laptop, and they're like, you'll be working from home. I didn't even have, I just moved, so I didn't even have Wi-Fi, so I was using my hotspot from home. And so, like, being able to like it was supposed to be spring ball so that was gonna give me a chance to get acquainted with the coaches and Mm -hmm. get acquainted with the players and I didn't get to I started in March I didn't get to meet really the whole football team until August when camp started so um that six month period trying to navigate like reaching out to players and run their brand um virtually was it was a big learning curve Mm -hmm. but luckily I had a lot of people there to help me um navigate through it but um having to wear a mask and trying to think what other things like you know when we would travel 
because we were in a bubble, like mm-hmm. having to serve the team and the players and the coaches like meals because, you know, we couldn't let anyone outside of our bubble. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are just little things that like I've never had to do um, anywhere else. But being able as support staff, like serving the players, it gave me an opportunity to get to know them. Mm-hmm. So it turned out to be a blessing. But yeah, um, going into Notre Dame Stadium is always sold out. It's been sold out for like ever. Uh-huh. Um, have a great fan base and not having the fans there or the traditions that Notre Dame is known for. It was just a weird first year, but I, I, I enjoyed it nonetheless. Well, that's good. What was that feeling like when you got that clearance that, you know, you guys were going to at least be on the field doing stuff with the team. You weren't going to have to be working from home doing it virtually. Oh, it was an amazing feeling. I mean, I feel like everyone in this business was a little on edge. Mm -hmm. Um, When we got the okay that we will be having a season, and then I remember – we played Duke the first game and being on the field and the team running out, like me and I like know a couple other people got like misty eye. We're like, wow, (laughs) we made it. Like we made it through like all everything that's going on. We actually made it to have a season. It's remarkable. So it was, it was a good, good feeling that we made it through a whole football season through all the ups and downs and, Yeah, I mean, me and you talked about it before we got started, but, you know, one of the big things that you enjoy when working in sports is working the live events, and, you know, when you don't have that, like you said, you get a little on edge, so I I can't imagine what that feeling was like. Yeah, and I mean, it wasn't like what we're used to, but it was something, Mm -hmm. and that just means the world, and yeah, like, all the things that you get in the sports about, like, having the atmosphere having all the game day traditions and having people tailgate and, you know, being able to capture all of that on social and not really having those opportunities. It was weird, but it gave us a chance to be creative and mm-hmm. to think outside of our normal realm. And I thought, you know, we, we came up with some really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you really learn how to get creative, you know, especially during this time right now with like the content that you get and the stories that you tell, you know, you really had to, we were really forced to think outside the box. So you mostly do a focus on football, but you also in the off season do some stuff with other sports like basketball. I know you had mentioned hockey. So what is, what has that transition been like? You know, you're not, you're not focusing on one specific sport. You're kind of having to put your hands in a lot of different other baskets. Yeah. The cool thing that I really appreciate appreciate about Notre Dame is just the teamwork. I am in the communications department mm-hmm. and um, I know during football season, our communications department, they really stepped up and like did a lot of things that aren't really in their job description to help us out in football. And so being able to return that and like, you know, do shot chart for hockey or run camera for production for basketball. Like, in as we get into spring sports and winter sports overlap, being able to, like, be a hand and kind of give back to my teammates, mm-hmm. like they gave back to, with it being my first year, like, I'm so happy to do. Um, 
And so, like, kind of, like, whatever, I'm kind of the person, like, whatever you need me to do, and the same with my team, other teammates, like, we'll just step in and do whatever we need to get the job done. This year, you know, it matters more than ever, especially being down certain jobs and um, roles needing to be filled. Yeah, no, I think that, I think that's super important, you know, just, and I feel like that's the mentality you have to have in this industry, being able to step in and help in any way that you can like you said especially now with there not being in as many jobs and everyone kind of having to pick up the slack and help a little bit but um i feel like with that you know you have to be very versatile in what you know how to do do you want to um talk a little bit about that you know not just having your knowledge in one specific area i recommend people try to put their hands as like in as many pots as they can. Um, I just kind of look at how my upbringing in this business with internships and stuff like that kind of led. Like I internships in sports information. I did marketing stuff. I did video production. Um, my main goal is always wanting to be on air, mm-hmm. but doing internships uh, led me to get into kind of the social media stratosphere and learning about analytics and learning about how to compose and run a, you know, social site and how to, you know, content plan. And it's stuff that like, I think by being a good teammate and, you know, volunteering to do stuff that isn't in your job realm, it helps you out in ways that you don't even think of Mm -hmm. because you're learning a new skill set. But yeah, I think being as versatile as you can in the sports realm is huge Mm -hmm. because you're never going to be needed or you never know what opportunity that might come up. And if you have that skill set, then you're qualified to do it. Um, so, yeah, and no, I totally agree with you on that. 100%. And I know you touched on it, how everyone was just really willing to help. Um, I think sometimes people might think that just one person is running the social media account. So how big is your digital team at Notre Dame? Yeah, I am very, very fortunate. Um, I So, for instance, for football, I work very closely with, his name's Matt Taylor, and he is the director of Creative for Football. And I, he does all of our graphics and our visual branding. Mm-hmm. He's so dope. Like, he is <laughs> awesome. And he, like, he's Matt's the type of person that, like, it's midnight. You're like, hey, Matt. Like, I'm super sorry. But can, like, I get this? And he's like, yeah, I got you. Like, he is amazing. Um, his wife, Lauren, is a saint because, like, of these requests. <laughs> um <laughs> But I work with Matt on a daily uh, with our social graphics and stuff like that. I then work with Kevin Barrett, who does motion graphics, and he's extremely talented. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a part of our innovation and design team. Mm-hmm. Emily Reagan, who does our video producing, um, she's our video producer for football. She is a wizard when it comes to hype videos. Mm-hmm. Um and editing she is super talented and we're just a really great team like we text each other all the time we're always on slack coming up with ideas coming up how we can push our brand and push our fan base um then i work with our sid department katie lonergan clear kramer matt harris and the three of them they fact check us they give us cool stats like they are awesome from a pr standpoint and kind of keep everything, if we have awards coming up, um, they let us know. So that's kind of the core group Mm -hmm. that I work with 
on a daily basis. And then we have an overall football pod that we meet once a week. And we add in people like Barbara Sullivan, who does marketing, and she'll let us know about different promotions that are going on, ticket sales. Um, she is a rock star. Um, so it's a really, really close-knit, cool group that I work with. Mm-hmm. But yeah, without them, like... I can't do what I do. And from a social standpoint, Sarah Higgins, Rachel Pincus, um, they, I know Rachel does men's basketball and she, she runs the uh, main account and is like the overall head of social. And they are very helpful. Every mm-hmm. football game, they're there taking photos, getting organic content for me. So it's a really, really, really dope group that mm-hmm. I get to work with. Yeah, and I think it's it's so important for people to hear, like, you know, you listed off a number of people, and I think it's just super important that uh, people know that there's just not one person running this account, and that social is not, it's more than just tweeting or sending a post on Instagram, like, there's a lot of work that goes into it, and it involves a town, it, it involves a group of a lot of talented people to execute it and get it done. And I will say, I have talked about this before with older coworkers, like when I was with the Wizards, but college athletics just has it figured out, I feel like, on social, you know? I feel like you guys are just ahead of the game with the graphics, the animation. It's just next level. Um, and I, I think it's it's super awesome. Thank you. <laughs> it seems like we have it figured out. Oh, <laughs> Good. <laughs> feel good moment for you <laughs> i feel like it though like you pull from other because i remember like stuff that you did with the wizards and like it's super dope and you pull inspiration from different accounts or different groups and um you kind of like how can i channel take this imp- inspiration and make it work for our brand will it work for our brand so like that like that's really dope to hear someone's, you know, of your stature say. <laughs> well, of course. No, thank thank you. And I, I appreciate that. But yeah, I feel like with social, that's a big thing, you know, pulling from not just teams or whatever in your same sport, but like even in different leagues and all of that. It's all about seeing what everyone else is doing and trying to see if you can take it and make it fit with your brand, like you said. Yeah. What would you, so obviously with the role you have now, you have clearly had to have a lot of knowledge in a lot of different areas. So what would you say helped you prepare you for this role that you're in and with your previous experience? With my previous experience? Mm-hmm. Oh, I feel like every role that I've had has prepared me for this because it's like a lot of little things that I've done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do on air for social, so the on air component, which I'm like, that's my passion. I love to do. Um, I feel like you can definitely relate because we're very similar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we run our school. Um, Recruiting at Navy, I was assistant recruiting coordinator for the football team, Mm -hmm. so kind of knowing what recruits want, what they're going to digest, and how that can build our brand and help our recruiting team out. Obviously, running social, knowing the analytics parts of it. Yeah, knowing the analytics parts, knowing how to do a a social content strategy, um, what to do in live events, situations, and scenarios that pop up. You know how that is. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
I'm going to work on your feet when things go wrong. <laughs> Adapting on the fly at all times. Adapting on the fly, yes. <laughs> I guess, like, taking a little bit... I guess the one thing on, on air, I feel like I brought up criticism, like, a little bit ago when you're on air, and it's such a visual thing, and if you have a bad hair day or you wear polka dots in front of the green screen, <laughs> like, all these things, like, you kind of, like, have to get used to criticism. Mm-hmm. And social media, you tweet something out, and you have one typo, or if you, like, knowing your audience one time, I did a rap lyric on Facebook for Notre Dame, which is a no-no. <laughs> There's a very conservative conservative page on our Facebook, and they were like, who runs this account? Like, this illiterate, what is it? But then on IG and on Twitter, they're like, oh, dope, they're quoting such and such. So, like, having to have a thick skin, mm-hmm. So, you know, learning to take criticism and learning to have a thick skin, I think it all, like, rounds itself up for the role that I'm in. At least I would like to think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, that, yeah, you really have to have a, social media can be a great place and a bad place at the same time with the feedback that you get. So thick skin yeah. for sure. <laughs> and it's especially like you're constantly digesting it, especially during like, games when you're live tweeting and you tweet a touchdown and three seconds later something bad happens and you're like (laughs) it switches up and you're just like whoa but you got to keep going Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah a hundred percent what would you say is one of your favorite stories you've told in your career um i know you've told a ton so what's one that you can think of or even a couple that you can think of that come to your top come to the top of your head that's your favorite I would say stories that I've told. It's a great question. The first one that pops in my head is one of our football players, our captain, Dalen Hayes, here at Notre Dame, was very instrumental um, with the team when it came to social injustice Mm -hmm. and keeping the university and our team accountable and trying to push for a change in the community. And I kind of told his story on how he really got into community service after he was injured. He was expected to have this, like, big year, uh, his senior year. Uh, He's a five-star recruit. He's an amazing defensive lineman. Mm -hmm. And he'll do big things in the NFL. But he got hurt. And he was going through this kind of hard time, period of depression. Mm -hmm. And he got into community service. And he found that was his passion. And it helped heal him, and he saw the impacts of being in the community, what it did. And just telling how that, how something negative that happened in his life turned into his, him finding his passion and being a voice of change and a voice, a a light in the South Bend community Mm -hmm. and for the team. So, and that was kind of my first, like, um, chance to be around the guy so just kind of watching him lead and come up with the Juneteenth rally that he really spearheaded and working with him mm-hmm. to make the rally run smoothly and promote it like I just really enjoy telling his story and kind of just seeing him flourish another story that I've told at Navy there's because it's a military school they a lot of people think that like the people who attend the midshipmen are very rigid very like lame i don't want to say lame but very like (laughs) 
<laughs> like they don't know culture. They're not like they're regular college kids. Mm-hmm. They're goofy. They're silly. They're fun. So we did a show called Inside the Goat Locker. It was kind of like a breakfast club, mm-hmm. and we just got them around and we talked pop culture, and they just really showed their personality and they had fun with it. Um, and just seeing the really big response it had with our fan base. And how it really, like, the players really ate it up. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of my bigger projects that I'm really proud about. Because, like, it had a really lasting impact mm-hmm. on that program. And, like, I think the team as a whole. No, that's awesome. I feel like anytime you get the opportunity to showcase the athlete's personality, it's it takes off. Because ultimately, that's why people follow these accounts. Like, yeah, they want to see the product itself, but they also want to get to know these players on a more personal level and see that these athletes are also just regular people like we are. Exactly. Yes. I mean, they're more than what the jersey that they have that they put on when they play. Like to get the fans inside access to who they are and what their passions are, like that's what's fulfilling to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And with your previous story, you know, with the other player that you were talking about for Notre Dame, you said that he led um, the team's Juneteenth March. What was what was that like, I guess, from a social standpoint, figuring out how you're going to execute this, you know, something that um, clearly rocked the world a little bit during that time? What was it like? What was your social? What was it like? trying to craft your social strategy and making sure nothing was tone deaf or anything like that? Yes, it was very, it was a very intense time. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of like self-care breaks <laughs> just because uh, it's very polarizing and it turned into something so political, mm-hmm. the whole social justice movement at that time. So when we decided as a team, we wanted to do a Juneteenth rally, we were like, how do we portray this on social as something that it's going to be peaceful Mm -hmm. it's going to be yeah how can we portray it as you know this is something that the team's coming together we're like is it going to be just the team is it going to be open to the public do we want to open it to the public and coach kelly was very adamant about we have to get the community support and Mm -hmm. notre dame support behind it um which is excellent and he said, we're going to take a firm stance on it. So with his direction, with Dalen and the other players' guidance, uh, we were like, you know what, this is, as Nene Leak said, I said what I said, <laughs> and this is what we're doing. This is how we feel. And if you are a Notre Dame fan and you really love this team, well, you will support all of the football players that make up this team, all of the coaching staff that coaches this team, all of the support staff that supports this team. This is Notre Dame football. This is who we are. And I think it was just so impactful. And so I was so grateful to be a part of a program that stands behind their players like the way Coach Kelly and that football staff did. So um, he gave me green light to say, you know, this is what we're doing. Mm -hmm. If they like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. But I'm behind my guys. So much respect to him, Coach Kelly, on that. Yeah, I love that. That actually just gave me chills. But no, that is, that's so amazing. And I feel like when I was working with the Wizards, they also led a Juneteenth March and something that we had to decide is 
how we were going to execute this. And I feel like we kind of took the same angle you guys did. We decided like we're going to lift the players and coaches voices and, you know, let them take lead on this. And as an organization, we're just showing like we support these guys and what they stand for, what they believe in and all of that. Um, and I think, like you said, you know, it, it was something that was got political very quickly. So it, I feel like you have to take whatever ground you're going to and stand that ground for sure. There's, it's kind of hard to be gray area with that situation. Exactly. Yeah. And you guys did an amazing job with the coverage. I remember watching it and I was like, wow, like that's dope. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. It was, it was definitely one of the very, I don't want to say exciting, but it was, it was a really cool situation to be a part of you know something that was like standing up for something you believe in it was it was it was very moving yeah I mean I would say like we got to to me I look at sometimes social as archival and historic Mm -hmm. and we got to cover something that was historic you know our kids and grandkids are going to learn about it and they're going to look at you know the Washington Wizards held a protest or like a Juneteenth rally in Washington, D.C., and had this amazing walk. And they're like, Notre Dame football did the same thing in South Bend. And, mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's really cool to think about and say, like, I got to capture and work with other people to capture this amazing content. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I guess turning turning the page a little bit, what would you say, you know, you've clearly accomplished a lot in your career, but what would you say is your dream job or end goal? And, you know, it's okay if you don't have one, because I don't really have one either. (laughs) (laughs) I honestly, like, I know I want to combine my love for on air and social. And I'm doing it here at Bitter Game, but I want to, I want to do it at, like, a network level. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know what that looks like or what that entails. Um, I know I want to create a podcast or just like all these little things like, and I'm working on it actually, Mm -hmm. but um, I want to create a media, a slew of media things where it just, it's impactful. Um, Especially uh, that's a really tough question. Yeah. Like ultimately from a professional goal, doing something at a network level, whether it be on air and or social, Mm -hmm. um, and then from a personal, kind of semi-professional, I'm creating something where it's for women in sports. And it's not just women who work in sports, but women who support sports. I'm a coach's kid. So for coaches' wives, mm-hmm. coaches' daughter, a hub for us to enjoy all things sports. You know, mm-hmm. if you work in sports and you're a videographer, I don't know about you or any women who've carried a camera, then you have to wear khakis on the sideline. I ripped so many khakis <laughs> not proportionate to our body. Like, the way they make khakis for men versus women oh, yeah. are completely different. Like, I've ripped so many khakis. Like, it's embarrassing. <laughs> but, like, what are good pants that are breathable that you can wear that are professional that mm-hmm. you can wear when you're shooting a game? Or mm-hmm. if you're in between meetings or you have 20 minutes before something, how, you know, what's a good workout plan? And just, like, getting women who do sports every single day involved and having these conversations, you know, a hub for us Mm -hmm. uh, is what I want to create. And hopefully it comes out soon. (laughs) (laughs) 
No, I think that's I think that's so awesome because I feel like with women, you know, we're just constantly trying to figure out how to figure those things out. So like, how do I work out in this 20 minute interval interval? How do I dress appropriately and, you know, not be judged on what I'm wearing or whatever it may be? So I think that I, I think that's awesome. And I think you're well on your way and you're probably much closer than you think. Thank you. That, oh my gosh, that gave me like just the boost of confidence I need. And once it launches, you know, you're going to be like a part of it in some shape or form. I'm here. I'm here for it. Whatever you need, I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What would you say has been your biggest learning experience in your career so far? Yeah, my biggest learning experience probably... I learned it during the lowest point in my career. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in a place where I didn't feel valued. I feel like, yeah, I didn't feel valued. It just, it was a mess. Um, and I learned that be confident in yourself and you deserve to be in any room that you set your sight. There's always room for improvement. Mm-hmm. There's always room to grow, but never question if you deserve to be somewhere and never let anyone dictate how you feel about yourself whether it be good or bad trusting your work trusting your process and let that speak for you um and that's kind of something that's like helped me stay even kill through the good through the bad just trust and know who you are as a person and whenever you get a chance to help someone else out do it Mm -hmm. Not because of something that you might get in later return or whatever, but just do it because that's the right thing to do. And I'm a big believer in good energy, um, just being a good person. And I sometimes feel like we can get caught up in just negativity and stuff like that or people who are negative, um, letting that kind of lead throughout an office, throughout a department and not letting it holding people accountable for you know how they treat others even if it doesn't involve you like I was in a situation where I just wish someone would stand up for me Mm -hmm. and I know how it feels to be isolated and to be alone and I don't want to ever want someone to go through that and I don't ever want someone to think that like they're alone so to me that's a big 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 thing that I kind of harp on is being a good person treating others how I would want to be treated and helping others along just Mm -hmm. because, you know, it's the right thing to do. Yeah, for sure. I don't think you could have said it any better. You know, you always want to have, you always want to have someone around you that brings that positive energy. But when you can be that person, it makes it even better. And, you know, your energy wears off on other people. So if you're giving out positive energy, they're going to give it back to you because they enjoy being around you. And, you know, just the atmosphere you think. So I think that was very well said. Thank you. Yeah. And, you know, we all we all have our days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> often 24-7. But, like, <laughs> I just, I, I really do believe, like, as we see with the Me Too movement mm-hmm. and, you know, people speaking out on things. And a lot of people, their coworkers knew and no one really stood up or said anything. And. I feel like culture, changing a culture starts within each other. It starts with us, Mm -hmm. you know, internal and, you know, just kind of pushing the envelope and trying to create like just a better space, leaving a place better than when you left it. Yeah, 
a hundred percent. Uh, you touched on it a little bit that, you know, we all have our days and I think we can all agree that in 2020, we all probably had a number of those days and a lot of unexpected surprises. And, you know, at times there was what you could say to be chaos. So, but despite that, what are some things that you're grateful for that 2020 brought you or made you realize? Yeah, of course. Um, 2020, I started a new job in 2020. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, I, I love the role that I'm in right now. I love the players that I get to work with, my coworkers. Um, I feel like I'm really in a really good spot right now, and mm-hmm. I'm blessed for that. 2020 taught me just to enjoy the little things mm-hmm. as we're seeing life is precious and life is chaotic and taking time for myself and doing the little things whether it's listening to my favorite true crime podcast (laughs) you know while I clean or you know is it taking an extra 30 minutes just to read a book that I enjoy um really before I didn't really know work-life balance Mm -hmm. and now I'm forcing myself to create some boundaries for myself it's so important to um, to have. So I I look at this, you know, and just impre- appreciating little things, you know, having good health, having the people around me having good health, and um, it, like you said, it's chaotic, and just being able to be someone's light during a time of darkness, and um, to me, that's kind of what I'm grateful for, and so many people have been lights for me during dark times so Mm. just having my friend group I'm really blessed very very blessed yeah no I I completely agree on especially on the work-life balance point I feel like I for sure didn't really have one and in this new year I wanted well I guess towards the end of 2020 but into this new year I wanted to make sure that I gave it I gave my life balance a little more priority over work I I balanced it out rather than it being like 80% work 20% play or whatever it may be so definitely trying to find a balance there but I think your answer is very interesting you know you're my first guest of the new year so I I was curious to see what you um would say but I guess with that what are what are some of your I know we're almost like a month and a half in, but what are some of your 2021 goals and how are they going so far? Cause you know, when you make new year's resolutions, you're the first two weeks, you're like going at it. And then, you know, week three comes in and you're like, you can be easily in a slump. Cause I know I've done it. So what, what are your 2021 goals and how are they, how are they coming along? Yeah, my, I'm just gonna, well, since I'm your first guest in 2021, which I'm so honored. <laughs> Thank you. Of course. One to watch. It's called Beauty and Ball. It's right now I have social sites for it. So Twitter and Instagram. Um, I want to get that up and running. Mm -hmm. And I want to start creating an environment for just all women in sports. Mm -hmm. And I want to be more involved in helping people get into sports and, you know, getting their foot in the door and being more of like a mentor role. Mm-hmm. Um, I would 
look at the mentors that have helped me throughout the years and I'm just forever blessed and grateful for them. And I just want to be that light for someone else. I also want to learn more and meet more people. Um, I want to yeah, make lasting connections. And I think, you know, we talk about networking, mm-hmm. but I look at it as friendship, yeah. you know, be- becoming friends with more people in this industry and um, learning more. There's so much more for me to learn in terms of social media um, and on being on air talent. And so getting with people, you can always learn from other people. So seeing what people do well and picking their brains and, kind of growing and creating stuff together that's going to be impactful for this community. Um, As far as my job, I just want to keep working with our student athletes and telling their stories and building their brands. Like, this is such a great group of guys, Mm -hmm. and I'm so excited for this group. And I want to be able just to push the limits with them with their social accounts and their social sites and see how we can build Notre Dame football and challenge what people think of Notre Dame football and like the stereotypes and kind of, you know, expanding that indie football brand. Mm -hmm. So I'm really, I'm really excited about that. And I think some really dope stuff is coming this year, not just for me, but for other people as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what you guys have in store for sure. Cause definitely, I definitely noticed a difference this year and you guys are social and it, it looks great. So I'm really excited for it. Thank you. Um, okay. So we're going to shift over to some fun questions. I always like to leave off on a little bit of fun, get to know you type challenging questions. Um, so for someone who works in social, you know, you kind of have to know the ins and outs of all the emojis. So what would you say is your favorite emoji that you like to use? Right now, I'm on a pink heart kick. Like, I've been doing a lot with the pink hearts. Um, that is my favorite. Obviously, um, the I do the peace sign. Like, mm-hmm. the either the two or the peace sign. I do that a lot. Um, the shamrock, because duh. Because why not? Um, yeah. <laughs> why not? But yeah, pink heart, pink heart is 2021 fit, I would say. <laughs> Okay, well, first of all, I love that you said, well, right now, because that is totally something that I would say. For example, right now with the NFL, I'm very much on the little, the like sparkles, you know, the like three stars that are sparkles or whatever. I am very much, I use those so often. And whenever I use it and drop in the copy, all my, all my coworkers are like, sparkles, it's exciting. They make fun of me for it. But I'm like, Leave me be. I like the sparkles right now, okay? <laughs> I'm, a bit, I'm a big, I, I say this a lot of time. If you can add some razzle-dazzle, do it. That's perfect type of razzle-dazzle. <laughs> exactly. It's not too much. It's not too little. It's just right. It's perfect. It's a subtle, <laughs> subtle, subtle flex. I love that. <laughs> what songs do you have playing on repeat right now? And it can be new or old. Okay. I'm a Brent Fiaz. Like, I love him. Mm-hmm. And my sister and my dad and my boyfriend get upset. My mom still vibes with it. But they, anytime he comes on, they'll turn him off because they're like, you ruined him for us. <laughs> like, and then I'm also a big Tame Impala, like, super okay. fan. Okay. His, um, the moment by him is always like a, I wake up in the morning making my coffee. It's Tame Impala. It's good energy, good vibes. So 
that's another those two overplayed (laughs) okay but you you gotta have those you gotta have those artists you know that just no matter what you can listen to them no matter what so i i respect it i will have to say that this is really corny but ever since i've gotten to notre dame dropkick murphy's (laughs) (laughs) i guess it's only right (laughs) i'm trying to like embrace the culture and so I remember, like, my boyfriend came to town. We played Clemson when we beat Clemson at home. Mm-hmm. And I woke, like, I woke up and I was making my coffee. And all of a sudden, you hear, like, the boys are back. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> He's like, turn this <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, he was like, you were super lame for that. <laughs> it's like a same day. <laughs> Let me get into my vibe. Right. Um, okay, binge-worthy shows right now, if you're binging anything. Oh, yes. So, your girl will binge. I love The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Okay. I've been binge-watching, obviously I'm going to say Bridgerton, because, like, who hasn't binge-watched Bridgerton? Okay, I still need to start it. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> So Blair has a good one. That is hilarious. I have not, but it's on my list. I'm super OCD, and, like, if I'm watching one show, I have to finish it before I start the other. So, well, I, so I watched Blacklist, but I took a huge pause on finishing the latest season, and so I'm finally getting back into watching it, but I will refuse to start a new show until I finish binging one show if that makes sense unless it's something like new girl or something you know something that doesn't involve a lot of focus but if it involves a lot of focus I need to finish that one show first before I start the next okay so you gotta finish <laughs> blacklist so you can watch Richard it's next it's next on my list and I'm almost done with blacklist I just started like I just started getting back to the last season that's on Netflix so I'm like maybe 10 episodes away Perfect. So yeah, I would say Bridgerton, Queen's Gambit was good. Okay. Um, Imposters. I watched it the first season on Bravo, but now it's on Netflix. They canceled it, so we need to bring it back. Netflix for season three. <laughs> um, I you can like, there's literally a petition out for it and everything. Oh my gosh. I tried to go else. Um. Yeah, any like any Bravo show, I'm probably watching. Um, Queen, I said Queen's Gambit. Mm-hmm. I'm a big true crime junkie. Like I love true crime. So the Night Stalker on Netflix, they did a four part like documentary docu series on it. Yes, I think I saw that. So good, so good. So I would. Those are the ones that I've been kind of binging recently okay i like the list i respect it thank you um (laughs) if a movie was made about you who would play you and why oh my goodness (laughs) that's such a great question who would play me that's a who oh that um i would say i like Gabrielle Union's popping up in my head, not because we don't look alike, but she's just fabulous. She's just a queen. She is a queen. 
I am a Gabrielle Union stan, so I would just be honored. <laughs> I'd be very honored if she played me. <laughs> so I'm going to go with her. Okay. I like it. <laughs> She's not a bad pick at all. Yeah, yeah. I I live. I mean, did we see her performance and bring it on? Um, so. Don't even get me. I can literally recite that movie start to finish. Same here. <laughs> um, okay, and last fun question. If you could have dinner with five people, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Wow. Any five people. Um, any five people. Mm -hmm. That is a great... Okay, so first one I would say you probably like Chris Jenner. Okay. Because I feel like she would have some amazing stories. I don't care what anyone says. The Kardashians <laughs> are amazing. They are brilliant businesswomen. And I stand by that. Like, the way they built their brands and the way they marketed off of themselves, mm -hmm. I just want to know how they did it. They created a whole influencer culture. No, they, they they did. I would, I would completely agree with that. So I just, like, I would love to pick how they, like, manipulated social media to for their game mm -hmm. uh, yeah so chris jenner's one um michelle obama because i love her mm -hmm. another <laughs> she, queen she's a queen i just would love to hear um just her like life story um third person would be coretta scott king okay because behind every king, there's a queen. And she was definitely very instrumental in the civil rights movement. I know she has amazing stories. Mm -hmm. So that would be another person. Um, fourth person. I'm trying to do something like lit. Like, who's going to bring life to the party? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. like, I thought Chris Jenner, though, would. She would bring the razzle-dazzle. Oh, um, yeah. Totally. Uh, who would be the fourth person? I would say Oprah. Oh my gosh, why was she not my number one? <laughs> Oprah. Because I want to be Oprah. Like, honestly, like, that's who I want to be. Mm -hmm. uh, I love, I think Oprah just, so just a quick Oprah story. We I lived in Annapolis, and I went to the Black History Museum, and they were having this, like, um, mini exhibit on Oprah, and I'm a huge, like, she, I'm probably her biggest fan, mm -hmm. one of her biggest fans, mm -hmm. and I just, like, walked through it, and I just, like, was crying the whole time, <laughs> and just, like, her whole, like, her, her, like, upbringing, the, like, what she created of herself, going to, you know, HBCU in Tennessee State, like, if I could have a mentor, I would want Oprah. So, yeah, Oprah. Okay. <laughs> and then Andy Cohen, because I love <laughs> Because I, like, if I could be the perfect mix of Andy Cohen and Oprah, like, that's what it would be. Like, that's the ideal person? Yes, like a little, a little tea to go with the journalism, you know? Yeah. I love Bravo. I like how he took <laughs> a spelling channel and NBC and turned it into one of its top channels. Yeah. So um, he's brilliant. He's a brilliant producer. And um, 
I would just love to pick his brain. But that's what it would be like. <laughs> it would be an interesting dinner, dinner party. Yeah. Four women in um, Andy <laughs> It would be entertaining, though. Like you would, would you would definitely have a good time. Yeah. But all right. Well, thank you so much, Sydney, for hopping on the podcast and, you know, just telling me and the listeners too a little bit more about your story and just your background. Um, I feel like you definitely bring an interesting angle in your career. So I just, I really wanted to, you know, tell a little bit about your story, but is there any advice you would like to give to listeners out there who might want to get into what you're doing or people maybe who are already in your industry and they just need, may need a little pick me up right now? Yeah. Um, first I'm going to say thank you so much for having me come on the podcast. This has been so fun. Of course. Like I said, I'm a big Blair Berry fan. (laughs) I think you're amazing um, at what you do. So just to be on here is like a dope honor. Um, my advice would be trusting yourself and don't give up, you know, Mm -hmm. don't believe in what you do. Always take an opportunity to get better. And sometimes you have to reset, sometimes you have to rebrand, and sometimes you have to regroup, and that's okay, you're human. Um, There were times that, like, if you would have told me at my first job I would be where I'm at in three, four years, Mm -hmm. I would have laughed and been like, no way. So, like, you just got to keep living. Yeah. You just got to keep living and keep believing, and everything is happening. Everything that happens to you is a chapter in your story, and there's a lesson from it. And it's for you to grow and for you to be better. And so you take the hardships and stuff that you have to overcome as an opportunity to grow. Mm-hmm. And the, when you reshape your mindset of why, why is it woe is me and turn it into, okay, this is happening because my story is going to be so great. And this is just a little chapter in my big, great story. Mm-hmm. You're going to see so many things fall in your favor. And that's what I would just tell people is like, keep believing in yourself and reach out and, reach out to others, try to like build friendship, genuine friendships and, you know, go from there. Yeah, no, I, I love that. You couldn't, you very well said, um, you know, you definitely want to build connections. You have to remember too to focus on yourself, bet on yourself and, you know, the rest, the rest will turn out the way it's supposed to. Yes. Totally, totally. Yeah, like, at the end of the day, like, you know, no one knows you better than you. Mm -hmm. And your greatest, your greatest threat, your greatest, you know, trick up your sleeve is being you, Mm -hmm. you know, no no one can emulate that. So um, I would just say, at the end of the day, like, use what makes you special to your advantage. I love that. I love that. All right, Sydney, well, thank you. Thank you, thank you so much. And you said you're a big Blair Berry fan, but I'm an even more Sydney Sims fan. Um, but like I said, thank you so much, and I wish you the best of luck for the rest of this school year and next football season. And I'm excited to see, you know, what is next for you and what Notre Dame Social has in store for us. Likewise, same <laughs> with you, girl. Well, there you have it. I hope you enjoyed listening to episode nine with Sydney Sims. 
If you liked what you heard, don't forget to leave a review and subscribe. Until next time, this is Live on Blair. Thank <laughs> you.